with his hat in his hand, to say nothing of a settlement, it was a straight-out no-go. His own daughter refused to see him, wouldn't even tell him where she was staying. His own daughter. Just thinking about it caused Harold's gnarled arthritic hands, hands that had wrung the necks of countless Sunday dinner chickens, to tighten into a similar death grip on the smooth surface of the worn steering wheel. Harold thought about Holly and her damn lawsuit the whole time he guided the wheezing yellow scout over the rain-swept pavement of Highway 80, up the mountain pass locals called the Divide, and then down the winding trail of Tombstone Canyon into Old Bisbee. Holly had been a Fourth of July baby. He had wanted to call her Linda, Indy for short in honor of Independence Day, but Emily wouldn't hear of it. She insisted that if she had daughters, they would be named after their grandmother's favorite Christmas carol, the Holly and the Ivy, regardless of whether or not they arrived any time near December 25th. And Holly it was. Would she have been less prickly, Harold sometimes wondered, had she been given a different name? Holly Patterson had entered the world sandwiched neatly between Bisbee's traditional Independence Day coaster races and the annual Fourth of July parade down Tombstone Canyon. She was born in the old Copper Queen Hospital, the brick one up in Old Bisbee, not the new apricot-colored one down in Warren. It had been a hot, miserable morning. On that pre-air-conditioning summer day, the nurses had left the delivery room windows wide open in hopes of capturing some faint hint of breeze. Emily had screamed her fool head off, for several hours running. To a poor, anxious, prospective father waiting outside, that's how it had seemed. Harold remembered the whole morning as vividly as if it were yesterday. Left to his own devices in the waiting room, he had been propelled out of the hospital by his wife's agonized cries. But with the windows open, there was no escape from Emily's frantic shrieks. No one else in the downtown area, onlookers watching the races or waiting for the parade could escape them either. The relentless screams echoed off nearby hillsides and reverberated up and down the canyons. People lined up on the sidewalks, kept asking each other what in the world were they doing to that poor woman, killing her or what? Pacing up and down in the small patch of grassy park between the hospital and the building that housed the Phelps Dodge General Office, Harold had wondered the same thing himself. What were they doing to her? And when old Doc Winters finally slipped Emily the spinal that shut her up, Harold had despaired completely. As soon as she grew quiet, he was convinced it was over, that his wife was dead. Of course, that wasn't the case at all. Emily was fine, and so was the baby. Men don't forget that kind of agony. Women do. Had it been up to him, one child was all they would have had. Ever. Afterward, holding the beautiful baby in her arms, nursing her, Emily had smiled at him and told him Holly was worth it. Harold wasn't so sure. Not then, not ten years later, when Ivy was born, and certainly not now. Things change. The delivery room where both Holly and Ivy had been born now housed a Sunday school classroom for the Presbyterian Church across the street. A law firm, the biggest one in town, now occupied the lower floor space where the old dispensary and pharmacy had been located. In fact, 
Burton Kimball, who was Harold's nephew as well as his attorney, kept his offices there. And as for the waspish Holly, Harold shook his head and clenched his jaw. Once more, the powerful fingers tightened their vice-like grip on the scout's loosey-goosey steering wheel. Holly was Holly. Had it been in Harold's power to make her life different, certainly he would have. She had grown up tough, headstrong, and hard to handle. A runaway while she was still in high school. Well, she was back in Bisbee now, staying God knows where. He had heard rumors about Holly and that friend of hers tooling around town in somebody's bright red Elante, lording it over whoever saw her. Harold wondered about the car. It might possibly be hers, but Harold doubted it. If Holly had enough money to buy a car like that, why was she back home, trying to take his ranch away from him? No.